0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome in to the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Online Enquirer publisher here with you. And here's what I'm doing this week. It's a take a breath and regroup week for me here at Illini Inquirer after the last month of what we've had with both football and basketball season going on, a coaching search with football. That ends with, uh, obviously, Brett Bielema replacing Lovie Smith, and now, of course, we're getting into the coaching search for his staff, Brett Bielema's staff, uh, to see who he gets his offense coordinator, defense coordinator, assistants, uh, but basketball has a week off here, so it's kind of time to take a breath and regroup. Uh, we still have plenty of content up for you at Illini Inquirer, but just uh, less crazy uh, this week, but since we do have uh, some time this week to dive into some other things, I wanted to catch up and kind of reset of where we are a third of the way through the college basketball season a fifth of the way through the Big Ten season for Illinois basketball, and catch up with my guy, Sean Harrington. You know him as the former Illini sharpshooter on several uh, Big Ten championship teams uh, there with Bill Self, and uh, played alongside some great Illini players, including Brian Cook and Frank Williams, and caught up with Sean about this Illinois basketball team so far. Sean's been an ESPN College basketball analyst for the last several years. Uh, he used to come on radio show with me all the time, and always provides great insight into the Illini. And uh, always love his scouting reports and just how he breaks down the game. So I figure with Illinois basketball winning back-to-back games, getting back into the top 15 this week uh, after some wins over Penn State in Indiana, might be a good time to break down not only where Illinois basketball is at, what he thinks of them so far, their strengths, maybe some holes that they have so far, uh, but also the rest of the Big Ten, which has been pretty interesting here recently as Northwestern has the early lead In the conference. Yes, Northwestern. We discuss, is Northwestern good? Who is the best Big Ten team? And we discuss one of the teams that surprisingly is not off to a great start in the Big Ten. That's all coming up here on the Illini Enquirer podcast with one of my favorite guests, Sean Harrington, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. He's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast. And thought with uh Illinois with an off week and, and boy they need it with three games in six days. It was a great time to catch up with my guy, Sean Harrington, former Illini guard and of course ESPN college basketball analyst. Sean, it's good to talk college hoops one, because it's twenty twenty. We have college hoops going, but uh the Big Ten's starting to heat up. How you been, man? Uh doing great.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. And yeah, obviously uh uh, having basketball on again, uh, it, it's been terrific to watch. And, I mean, what a season so far it's been. Just, obviously, you mentioned Big Ten is on fire. and uh, But just could be a really fun year as well. It, it seems like we're off to a pretty good start in uh, college basketball season.
1: Before we get into Illinois specific here, Sean, uh, nine Big Ten teams are ranked this week. We found that out this morning. Um, That's crazy. Only one uh, in the top nine. Uh, Iowa's at number 10, so I guess two in the top 10. But then a bunch in the teens and 20s, including Illinois. Uh, What do you think of this league so far?
0: Yeah, it's really good. I mean, obviously, you always have the arguments. uh, What's the best league in the country? And uh, top to bottom, you know, is it top-heavy? Uh, You know, this has. Big Ten's got a little bit of both. And it's. You've got three, four, you know, really good teams potentially at the top. And then you've got a whole bunch of teams um, on a night in and night out that are going to be tough to play against. And, um, you know, there's really only a couple bad teams uh, right now. And and there's no easy nights, but. you know, it, it really is. It's a stack league. It, it's as good and balanced as it's been in, in several years. And, and I think that makes for a lot of fun viewing. Uh, makes for a lot of nightmares on uh, coaching staff trying to figure out uh, game planning from day to day, uh, going from one team to the next. But uh, it makes it a lot of fun for a viewer. Uh, every single night, it seems like you're getting top-ranked teams squaring off.
1: Who do you think is the best team in the Big Ten? You know, it, as crazy as this year is it changes
0: day to day but i right now wisconsin yeah and i just i think they're the steadiest in in this climate when you look at (laughs) you know who are we playing tomorrow i don't know is there going to be a game tomorrow we don't know um you know are you a senior driven team they are guys have been through it you know they've got older players they're very very balanced and I just think they're very, very steady. And they haven't, you know, I think you can look at every team in the league so far. They've had a game and say, wow, they're really good, or wow, they're not as good as we thought they were. And you haven't really seen that with Wisconsin. I think that they're just even keel. And in a season like this, you got to go with experience. And you got to go with the team that's not going to have those really high peaks and valleys.
1: Is Northwestern good, Sean? They're three and zero. They're ranked number nineteen. Uh, we're all shocked. Uh, I bet Chris Collins is even shocked by this start. But is yeah. Northwestern good? They're good.
0: How good are they? We're going to find out. And you know, they've already played a tough schedule. You right. look at the, you know, Ohio State and Michigan State. But they pissed somebody off over there because you look <laughs> at their schedule. I think like twelve of the next fourteen are against ranked opponents. They've already played a couple of ranked opponents. So. Um, they got somebody angry in the big 10 and put that <laughs> schedule together. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. They, they're better than they were last year. There has been impressive how they've played so far up until this point. But I think you're going to see a lot here in these next couple of weeks. And you look at everyone's schedule and they go through that gauntlet with three out of four or four out of five against ranked teams. I'm serious. I think it's 12 out of 14 or something like that coming down the stretch here that, that they've got ranked opponents. So, um good for them they got some statement wins but you know they could they could easily go on a little bit of a slide here and you wouldn't really think much of it because of the opponents playing against
1: michigan state starts 0 and two we knew they lost talent and you know obviously they weren't ranked as high but after that duke win they get up into the the top five at one point but oh and two to start big ten play got another game tonight monday night um what do you think they're lacking? Is this just an early season team that uh, Izzo will have right by March, or are you seeing some big concerning signs?
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna ever doubt Tom Izzo. Uh, he's gonna have them in the right direction, but I think the leadership is probably what they're missing the most. And, and obviously, Casher's Winston, what he did numbers-wise on the floor was impressive, but uh, you know the leadership obviously is something there too. You see this every year. They've got a lot of guys back that played minutes on on a good team, Uh, but now you're being asked as a different role. Now you're the go-to guy. Now you're the one that has to go out there and score 15 every night, not every other night when that's just a bonus for your team. Um, So that's what I would say. Leadership right now and uh, just guys probably trying to figure out their role, Uh, maybe not consistent enough shooting from the outside. That's a little streaky as well. Um, but like I said, its I'm not hitting the panic button on Michigan State and the Tom Izzo team until it's really panic time, and, and I don't see that quite yet.
1: Is there a team you think people might be sleeping on with a surprisingly good start or just okay start in the Big Ten? Well, I don't think anyone's sleeping on them but Rutgers. Yeah. Just because of who Rutgers is, uh, I,
0: I I don't think they're being disrespected, but – I think when you have a team like them that finally kind of has this little breakthrough and now they're consistently in the top 25, um, I think you're always kind of questioning like, ah, they're going to fall off here at this point. Are they really a top 15 team? Um, so, I, if that's a sleeper team or a team maybe not getting, I don't want to say the respect or maybe the recognition that they deserve, you know, that's probably the team right now just because I, I they're legit. Big Ten title contender, and I don't think they're being looked at that way nationally quite yet, just because of how they've been for, let's be honest, quite a few decades here. Yeah.
1: So Illinois gets back-to-back wins, Sean. They they haven't done that in a while. They improved to seven and three, three and one, uh, in conference play with those uh, come-from-behind wins uh, against both Indiana and Penn State. Just overall thoughts of of what this Illinois team has shown through already a third of the season.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. Um, I think they've shown that they can win different ways, and, and that that's exciting. If you're going to make a push for a Big Ten title, if you're going to make some noise, you know, if an NCAA tournament comes about at the end of the year, um, you know, they're very, they're really balanced. They can beat you inside. Uh, they can beat you from the outside. Uh, you know, it, it can be a physical type game. It can be a finesse type game. Uh, so, that, so I think that's the thing when you when you look at a team. Uh, I always take it from an opposing coach, you know, like how are we going to get prepared to play this team? And there's not one guy you can focus on. Obviously, Io's the guy that you want to take out uh, if you can, but he's got a lot of weapons around him. So it's not like you can just send a bunch of uh, recognition his way and, and a bunch of junk in his direction. You've got other guys you got to worry about. Uh, you know, Kofi is an absolute force on the inside and, and – not many teams are playing with legit big guys these days. So then when you got to defend against a guy like that, now you've got a scheme. Now you've got to come up with a way to how do we stop, you know, seven feet when we're playing with 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, because, you know, basketball is going to a smaller game, it seems like, and more, more guard play. So, uh, you know, scheming against Illinois right now is difficult uh, because they can hurt you in a couple different, couple different areas. So there's not just one guy that you can take out uh, and feel real good going into a game.
1: So, Sean, if you were making the scouting report, how would you attack Illinois if, if you're, say, you know the Purdue on the next team on the schedule?
0: Yeah, you know it it starts, I think, with Kofi. and it's how are you gonna handle him? Are you gonna play him one on one, or are you gonna send doubles at him? And I think you have to be real aggressive. Uh, and, and I and I'm sending doubles. I'm not letting Kofi play one on one in the post. He's too big. he's too strong. Uh, he's confident in there. Uh, obviously, it frees up the outside a little bit, but um, you, you got to pick your poison of who you're coming off of, uh, depending on how um, you know games uh, who's in at certain times of who you're going to double off of. But uh, then you just got to be really aggressive and fly around. I think you have. To, I think you have to trap Kofi as much as possible, get it out of his hands, and then you got to fly around and have great rotations. And um, you know, obviously, uh, IO is a big uh, focal point as well. Um, you know, I want the ball out of his hands. And so as many times as you can trap on ball screens, if he's in a ball screen situation, you trap him hard, you make him give it up and, uh, you know, try to deny him back as much as possible. Those are obviously the two guys that you got to focus on. And how do you scheme around that? Um, You know, really fun to watch Minnesota the other night guard Garza in the first half. Mm -hmm. And it was doubling down and I mean, doubling hard and then flying around and, I know Garz ended up with 32, but I think he only had maybe five at the half. And, and the way that they played that half uh, with so much energy, you know, it's, it's a similar formula maybe to someone like Illinois with Kofi inside to play it that way, and then you're flying around the shooters. Uh, obviously, Illinois has got a much better perimeter player in Iowa than anyone um, that Iowa would have as far as a playmaker. Right. Uh, so that's the difference there, trying to take him out. But I think you have to be aggressive with Kofi, not let him – Get his, and then you got to be extremely aggressive and active and flying out of those traps to take away shooters and and players on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, when you got two guys of that caliber, that's what makes Illinois uh, so difficult, especially if they get a little bit from everybody else. Um, okay, I, you mentioned Ayodele Sumu, Sean. I mean, some of these late-game heroics. Uh, I, I just have to sit there and remind myself, like we don't see this very often uh, at Illinois. Like one guy who can just take control of a game like that both uh, Penn State, Indiana, we saw it last year so many times in, in the clutch. Uh, but you played with a guy who had that ability in Frank Williams. How does it compare of, of those guys' ability to just take over when, when the team needs them to take over?
0: Yeah, and you know, it's, it's the confidence that they both have. Um, you know, we, we knew Frank was going to make a play. And I think that's, it's, it starts there. Like you've seen it over and over. This isn't a fluke. Right. This isn't a one-time thing. You know, now you're seeing it with IO over the years, you know, that, that we saw with Frank, this is over a two, three season, you know, deal that you, you just knew that he was going to make a play. Uh, you knew that if he struggled in the first half, he was going to be there in the second half. Uh, you, you counted on him, um, you know, with, but those two guys, they make it look easy. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it, as a former player, it's frustrating. Because <laughs> I look at them and say, how are they doing that? Uh, and it doesn't even look like they're trying, you know. And, and and to be honest, that was probably some of Frank's knock. I think some people would almost be like, he's not playing hard. And it's like, no, it's, ju- it's just that easy for him. That he, he just looks like it's simple and he doesn't have to go hard. And, you know, you'd see that on the floor. I saw it every day in practice. We're, we're doing sprints. And you know there, there's two three guys that they, they look like they're jogging through it, and I'm like diving for the finish line to make sure I make the time so we don't have to run again and i'm I'm busting my butt and, you know those guys seem like they're gliding and, and that and that's the thing with those great players they sometimes they look like they're moving in slow motion because the the game inside their head's so much slower and, and that's what happens when you're a freshman to a senior the game slows down and, and I think with those guys you just see it all the time and Sometimes you have to go back and look at the tape to see the plays that they're making, and you didn't even see it live. And then you watch it back, and you're like that's what they saw live. And I had to watch it on replay to kind of see what they saw there. And um, you know, it's it's fun to play with. It's it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, you know what I O did against uh, Indiana the other night was impressive. Uh, you know, just completely taking over that game there down the stretch, uh, making every big shot, making a very competitive game in the balance to you know not even has you know almost oh, <laughs> a double digit win almost in a matter of minutes so uh they can do that they can take over games and um you know obviously getting to play with frank was was incredible and we saw it all the time and um you know they, those are special players they, they don't come around too often and when they do just kind of sit back enjoy them and appreciate them <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think we're all appreciating uh, Andre Corbello already, Sean. Uh, just does things that a lot of players can't. Uh, obviously, he gives up some defensively, even though he had, what, three steals uh, against Indiana. But w- what do you think watching a guy like that who you know, can, can make so much happen both in the, in the fast break and uh, in the half court and, and break defenses down? You, you know, you just mentioned, like, he plays the same all the time
0: and it's like it doesn't matter game time situation momentum and sometimes that'll drive you crazy as a coach and say we can't use that right now you know to notice what the score and the time and the momentum is kind of in the game but you have to appreciate the way that he plays and um how hard he plays and again another guy is just smooth you know he's just out there kind of playing loose he's playing smooth and uh you know Uh, a pass first guy always looking for teammates and you know that that's fun to play with when you know that guy's going to hit you in the spot where you can do the most damage with uh, the best part of your game and uh, so he does a really good job of that as a freshman and um, I think the biggest jump coming from high school to college is always the length and the speed of your opponent that uh, you're just not quite used to and to be able to get into the lane is a difficult thing to do right out of the gates as a freshman and he's been able to do that pretty much with ease uh, so that's been really impressive with him and um, you know it's you know, the occasional turnover here and there but you you have to you have to kind of let that go because of the way that he plays and that's why I man he just kind of plays the same no matter what if he turns it over he's going to come down and think uh, you know the exact same play he was going to try to make the play before and uh, so you like guys like that 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 have that uh, that confidence in their game and and just know they can go make a play when they need to.
1: So that's kind of the big three, I think, on this team. But what do you think? I mean, to win Big Ten championships, you you need a great supporting cast. You you know that. Uh, Jordy Bishanishvili seems to have busted out of that sophomore slump. Frazier is shooting better. Demonte Williams, boy, is he shooting better. Uh, But Adam Miller's going through some adjustments right now. Uh, And then Jacob Grandison's playing a little bit more lately. What do you think about their depth right now? Yeah.
0: I mean, depth would maybe be the one thing that you would look at and you really like they're playing seven guys. If you really look at that roster inside and out, they, they go seven deep. So, you know, obviously that gives you a big on the inside. It gives you a guard on the outside, you know, foul trouble and injury, something like that happens. That's where that really becomes a question mark. Um you know, the good news about that is everybody knows their role. So sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing for everybody to just know when your minutes are going to come, when you're getting in there, rotations are really smooth. Uh, you, you, you get into a good rotation with guys and when you're playing with them. Uh, but depth would probably be the one thing right now uh, that could hurt them, like I said, barring any injury, any kind of foul trouble, uh, something like that. Um, uh, would probably be the biggest knock on them. And then, um, you know, just guys to keep playing consistent and, and keep playing their roles. You mentioned I, th- I think Williams is, you know, the ultimate glue guy, does just about everything, uh, how consistent he's been for you. Um, but with, with Io and Kofi, as good as they've been, it allows everybody else to just kind of play their game. And if those two continue to be the dominant force that they are, now what everyone else gives you is almost a bonus. And as I, we mentioned, is uh, you know guys trying to learn their roles for the next year. Right now, if Miller gets you 15, it's a bonus. If Frazier gets you 15, it's a bonus. And as long as those two guys keep doing what they're doing, everyone else can kind of play in their roles and just have good games when they need to. You see Miller going through a little drought right now. It's okay because it hasn't hurt them yet. Uh, and he, he'll bounce back out of it. But uh, that that's the beauty of having – uh, upperclassmen, even though Kofi's a sophomore, but he's he's been through a lot. But they have guys that have been through it that are playing major minutes and they're just being forces right now.
1: This team is playing up-tempo, right? I mean, th- there's a lot of possessions. They're number one in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency right now and in- during conference play, number two in tempo. Um, this is kind of what Brad Underwood came in here wanting to do, right?
0: Yeah, you- you're seeing – um,
1: you know, more of his style of play. What he
0: wants, he likes to push it. He likes to get after it defensively. He wants to be aggressive defensively. Um, you know, every coach says they want to play fast, and then obviously some actually do play fast. And I think now he's got the weapons, uh, the recruits that uh, that he needs, and that he can play that type of pace and that type of speed. And uh, you know, it, it's a it's a fun brand of basketball to watch. And uh, you know, obviously that. Sparks more interest from recruits and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, winning obviously helps as well.
1: Gonzaga, Baylor, and everybody else is that what you see right now?
0: Yeah, I'm seeing Gonzaga and then a drop, (laughs) and then Baylor, and then everybody else. Um, you know, obviously, we missed that game that was supposed to be scheduled, and and, uh, COVID, uh, you know, took that one off the books. Would love for those two to match up again, but, um, you know, it's Gonzaga is just playing so good. They they're just they're so skilled. Um, you know, who you're trying to think of a team that could beat them? I it's put, it's someone that has firepower, but then also defends well. And, and I, I was so impressed with how they played against Virginia because Virginia didn't have the firepower, but you thought they had the defense to maybe disrupt them, and, and that wasn't the case. And Iowa had the firepower, but Iowa doesn't have the defense, so that just played right in the Gonzaga's hands. So. I, I don't know, you know, it's that's why March Madness is fun, because it's one and done. If this is a seven-game series, Gonzaga's your national champion today. I, there's no one beating them four out of seven times. But, you know, obviously it'll be fun come tournament time. Uh, but I don't see a team out there right now that, you know, can knock them off. And it's just, it's been really impressive. And, and Baylor probably is the one right now, just because they can score and they do defend. Uh, so that they can match them a little bit on both ends, but outside of that, right now, it's uh, you know this is, this is an impressive team to watch, and uh, I'm so happy that Gonzaga got to go against a tough nine conference schedule like they did. So we don't have to hear about their only good because they play in a small conference. Because this team is legit. This team is really good. Uh, they would win any conference in the country right now, uh, and they're 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 fun to watch. So just. Hopefully their games continue to be on uh, TV, even though it's going to be against you know smaller opponents, once conference is going on. But uh, flip it on and watch it because it, it, it's a fun team to watch right now.
1: Listen, I know Butler had its back-to-back championship appearances, right? But like, have have we ever seen? something like this in college sports sean like the build he's had i know it's been a long build but i mean this this is amazing what he's been able to build there just a college basketball juggernaut in the conference he's done it
0: yeah it's 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 unbelievable it's super impressive and no we've we've never seen anything like it and i don't think you ever will It, 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 it i mean they're not a mid-major, but it's a mid-major. And so the, for a mid-major team to do this, uh, it's just – it's unheard of. They, they, you know, it's it's part of the profession, but that's why you don't see coaches stay at those jobs <laughs> very long because to keep up that type of winning for that long is difficult. And, um, you know, for, for what he's done there, it, it's fun to watch. You know, they are legit, you know, and that's why – I, I you know, they, they need the national title, I guess, to solidify it to the average viewer the right. average fan. But uh, you know, what they've done over 20 years is, is unmatched. And, and I don't care what conference they play in. They play a tough non-conference schedule every year and they win a lot of those games. Uh, you know, they dominate the conference. It's not like they go, you know, and lose two, three ball. you know, undefeated most seasons. And, and so it's, um, it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what Mark View has done there. And, uh, no, you're you're never going to see anything like that again because it's it's just uh, for a mid-major conference team to be doing what they're doing for two decades is very very impressive.
1: Yeah, and uh, now he's recruiting as well as anybody, right? Jalen <laughs> like Suggs. Yeah.
0: It, it's you know you, you just keep talking to people. You say, wait till you see them next year. Wait right. till you see them next year. You're like, what do you mean? Wait till you see them next year. We're watching them this year, and it's impressive. So hmm. uh, you know they, that's what it is. Now they've gotten to the point where they just keep reloading and, and, you know, who's going to leave, you know, you know, Kispert's going to be gone next year and Suggs will probably be gone too. Cause he'd be a lottery pick, but mm-hmm. you know, they've got a couple more just sitting there waiting to come back in there. So uh, to keep that up, the, you know, think about the, the, the high major programs when they lose really good players, what it does to their program. And, you know, they're able to recruit year in and year out as well. And teams take a step back and right. you just, you really don't see it much with Gonzaga. So it is it is really, really impressive what they've done
1: there. Yeah, Brad Underwood always says they they want to stay old, and Gonzaga always does that, <laughs> even when they lose guys. It, it,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Get old and stay old, and that's that's a great recipe for success and, and maintaining the program. That's what yeah. you need to
1: do. Sean Harrington, you're the goods man, college basketball analyst for ESPN, former Alana. Great catching up and talking ball with you, man. All right. Thanks for having me on. Always love talking hoops with Sean Harrington. He's the goods man. Follow him on Twitter at SM Harrington 24. We are going to have uh, more news this week. I would expect more. Um, I've been told there's going to be more Illinois football seniors announcing their returns. Don't know who exactly that will be. You know, Ethan to long snapper announced he's returning for Lowe Obviously did Alex Pouchesky, Doug Kramer. So we know the offensive line is going to be pretty strong here. Kendrick Green, now that's probably the biggest one, right? Because Kendrick is good enough to get drafted in the NFL. The question is, does he think he can come back and improve his stock enough to where he can be a day one or day two, which is round one, two, and three? Does he think he can be that? I don't know if he would be that this year. I think he's going to be in the NFL. I do think he'd be drafted, and I do think he'd be on the roster next year. So the question for him is, what's your entry point? How do you want it to be your entry point? And does he think he can improve himself enough and is worth the injury risk or whatever risk? Uh, I don't think Kendrick's getting worse as a football player. So that's what he has to decide. And, you know, asking these guys the last couple of weeks, Palceski and Lowe, they've said, you know, he's played well enough to go. And we're not going to blame him. So they haven't been saying, like, he's going to be back. And I think they would all understand if he left. Otherwise... The decisions left to be made, I think for the most part, are on the defensive side of the ball. Owen Carney, Isaiah Gay, I think would gain a lot uh, by coming back. Owen Carney had second team all, all Big Ten year. Don't think he's a draft pick, however. Um, and can he help himself by coming back again and, and trying to put together that kind of year? Isaiah Gay, I'd love to see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Basically a stand-up rusher. His role wouldn't change that much, but I do think the defense might be more aggressive uh, and that He'll be 22 years old next year. Uh, he was a young freshman starting at 17, so he'd be a 21-year-old senior to start the year, fifth-year senior. Um, so I, I still think he's got another gear uh, to him. Jake Hansen ha- has a big decision. I think that would be big for Illinois if, if they got him back. But I, I just don't think Jake can can prove anymore. But I thought the same of Doug Kramer. I thought the same of Vidarian Lowe. So maybe he wants to come back for another year of college. Nate Hobbs, you guys know how high I am on his ability, but he certainly didn't have the year I thought, or he thought, or the Illinois staff thought he was going to have. I think Tony Adams could gain a lot by coming back. I do think he'll be back in college. Does he want to be back at Illinois? Does he like the opportunity here? That'll be interesting to watch. Milo Leifler seemed to tweet that that he's likely gone, even though I, I think he can help himself a lot by one more year. Uh, so we'll see. But I do think it's very encouraging that Brett Bielema has convinced at least three seniors to return for a fifth year, thanks to the NCAA rule due to the pandemic. I think that's pretty encouraging that these guys – are together. They want to come back together and do better and leave on better terms and also improve themselves and improve their games and think that Brett Bioma can be the guy to, to help them get there even without knowing the staff so far. So we'll have news uh, on that throughout the week and we'll see if Brett Bioma starts putting together his staff. I was told maybe later this week we, we could have something uh, on his staff. The defensive staff sounds like it's more likely uh, to happen first, but the offensive coordinator job is obviously a big job. But it sounds like in the next you know 10 days, two weeks, uh, we'll have a lot of answers on that. So plenty coming up at Alana Enquirer. If you haven't checked out already, uh, we do have our hot board for offensive coordinator candidates. feel pretty comfortable that the guys connected to, to Bielema that... Uh, the O.C.'s probably on that list, but we'll see. And then Ryan Eastering put together a D.C. hotboard as well with a lot of guys uh, connected to uh, to uh, Brett Bielema as well. So check that out at Illini Inquirer. If you don't have VIP access, as always, $1 for your first month to sign up. Go check it out at IlliniInquirer.com. And, hey, we here at Illini Inquirer might have some news for you, some in-house news later on in the week. So that's a little tease on that. As always, thanks for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Choir podcast.